Welcome to the Fit for More podcast. I'm your host, Ben Reed. I'm a follower of Jesus, a pastor, husband, father, and fitness enthusiast. At Flight, we're passionate about two things, faith and fitness. More specifically, we wanna help connect those two areas in your life, helping you live a lifestyle of full health and wellness while strengthening and equipping you to be fit for more through topics on faith, fitness, wellness, nutrition, and more. What's up, Flight? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the podcast. I hope you've really enjoyed this season um, as we've been interviewing different people who are really living out their faith and their fitness and doing both uh, extraordinarily well. Um, you've heard from Alex Pineda, the CEO and founder of Flight. It was so great to hear his voice. A lot of you have seen um, and you benefited from his vision and the products that um, he and our team have put out. Get to hear a little bit more about his story and why he started uh, Flight in the first place. You heard from Coach Sharissa. Uh, she's another voice that, that we all hear a ton from when it comes to nutrition and fitness. And you got to hear a little bit more of her faith side. Uh, then we had uh, Andrea Auger. She is a uh, multiple CrossFit Games athlete, uh, competed at a super high level. We heard from Jim, the CEO of Faith RX, talk about leadership and wisdom while he walked through the biggest crisis of his life. Uh, and then we heard from Michaela, the current Miss Florida. So we've really covered quite the gamut when it comes to both um, fitness and pursuing that and faith. Uh, and I've been really encouraged and strengthened and challenged myself personally throughout this season, and I hope you have too. Let me read a verse for you, uh, and then I'll introduce our guest today. Uh, you're going to really enjoy him. Uh, we introduced this verse last week, but let me read it again. It's 1 Timothy 4.6. It says, if you point out these things to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus. Now, let me pause right there. Uh, if you're wondering what it is that Paul's saying here, that if you point out these things, then I would encourage you to go back and read 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5. You'll see what he's talking about. So he says, Paul says, if you point out these things to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Um, now, here's what I know about you as I read that verse. You want to be a good minister. You do. If you're listening to this podcast, a podcast devoted to faith and fitness, uh, you want to be a good minister of or a good minister for um, Jesus. That, that's a, a representative, a helper of others, a, a helper uh, through Jesus to others. You're, you want to be a, a better and better and better representative of God. You want to be a good one. You want to grow in your faith and not just in your faith, but in the application of your faith to others. You want to be a helper to others through Jesus. But how? Like, How do we actually go about doing that? How do we become good ministers of or good ministers for Jesus? The verse tells us right there, it's through being nourished. Now think about how you get better in the gym. Yes, it's practice, but it's also how you feed your body. Good nutrition fuels good fitness, right? That's, I mean, to, to talk about flight for just a second, I mean, that's why Vita and greens and reds are so important. Um, and that's what they were built for. That's why we have those uh, on our menu at flight, because we realize that when we take care of our bodies, they respond, they react, they recover better. But what about our faith? Well, if you want it to grow, you've got to nourish your faith as well. You've got to feed your faith. You've got to take care of it just as well as you take care of your physical body. So how do we do that? Well, we feed it with the truth. 
That's what this verse says. It says, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. And so the question then is, well, where do we get that truth of the faith? Where do we get that good teaching? Well, most clearly it's through the scriptures. That's where the purest form of the truth comes. But we also get that through one another too. That's what it says. It doesn't just say, well, go read your Bible and you'll get everything um, that you need when it comes to truth and faith. No, I mean, it says that we also get that through good teaching. That's through others. As others teach the scriptures to us, as others teach us what it looks like to live a godly life, then our faith is strengthened. And then we become a better and better minister um, of and through Jesus. So that's why we've had the guests that we've had on this season. And hopefully they have strengthened you through the truth so that you through this season are becoming a better and better minister of Christ. And that's why I'm actually really, really excited uh, for our guest today. Our guest today is Blake Castile. He works with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. He's actually worked with them for a decade now. Uh, and, and his whole focus is to reach more people around the world and they w- with the gospel, and they use fitness to do that. Uh, they use fitness to reach into unreached parts of the world. Um, and they do this through the – yes, it's YWAM, but it's an organization uh, that – he is founded called Respect the Corners, um, where they use health and fitness and sports to multiply the Great Commission. Um, he, they call themselves Matthew 9 Laborers. I love that. Blake, welcome to the podcast. So glad that you're on today. Hey, thanks a ton, Ben. I appreciate it, bro. Hey, when you uh, when I saw that you guys were Matthew 9 Laborers, uh, I'm pretty curious there. What, what do you mean when you say Matthew 9 Laborers? Yeah, for sure. Well, let me just start by... Um... Let me just start by reading it uh, so everybody knows what it says. Uh, Matthew 9, specifically verses 37 and 38. Uh, Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And now there's two things that we really um, believe uh, that are incredibly important here. Uh, One, it's, it's um, it's believing that the Lord sees the current um, <clears throat> excuse me, the current day and age, current situations. Um, back 2,000 years ago, it's not like everything was, everyone was walking around giving high fives and complete agreement with each other. There was division, there was uh, persecution, there was hatred. And Jesus looked at that and he said the harvest was uh, is, is plentiful, but there's few workers. And we believe today equally that the harvest is plentiful and he wants to increase workers. And we're, we're training workers to go all around the world um, to be the answer to the second part, which is asking the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into the harvest field. So we believe in praying and uh, crying out for the Lord to do what he asked us to do. He, he, he told us to ask him uh, for laborers to go. And we want to do two things. We want to agree and ask for more laborers into the the um, there's seven plus billion people, um, and and there's 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 four or so billion that don't know Jesus, and whether they haven't heard his name or not, um, excuse me, whether they have heard his name or not, uh, they, we need to go and, and tell them. And so praying for laborers, and then also sending laborers um, into the harvest. You know that that word laborers. Um... For me, being a dad uh, doesn't conjure up great memories because labor is a it's a difficult process. Whether you're laboring, uh, my wife laboring and bringing a child into the world, or if we're talking about, you know, we we say manual labor, um, and that doesn't have 
great connotations either. When you say manual labor, you think using your hands and you're sweating and it's hard work, it's backbreaking work. Um, when it comes to laboring for the gospel, um, what what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, laboring for the gospel is, I, I would say it's a, it is, it's being willing. Um, so I don't know about you. Oh, actually, I, I know this, actually, every, um, every marriage that, you know, a husband and wife has um, asked the Lord about having children or, or whether they're just one of those people that believe have as many as you possibly can or, or not, whatever it is. Um, it requires a sacrifice from specifically the mother at first. So nine months of sacrifice leading into a heck of a lot more years of sacrifice. And, um, and so laboring in, in the context of, of the gospel is being willing to make sacrifices. And the reality is, is if we have an eternal mindset, it's far, it's far easier and, and it's more, far more enjoyable to, to not far easier to understand and far more enjoyable to walk out the willingness to um, be willing to make those sacrifices. And when it's like, like Jesus says, you know, a mother, she, she suffers through the, the labor of the child. But as soon as that baby is born, the, it's so easy to forget about uh, the labor because of the joy that comes. And when you see people step into the identity of sons and daughters and into the reality of um, the great, or excuse me, the gospel, and being saved by the blood of the lamb and understanding what grace it really means and, and the reality of his mercy being new every day. When you see people have those moments, even though it might've been two or three years of you praying for them and, and believing in for them. And, and even when they hated you and cursed you, you had a Matthew five forty four um, understanding where you prayed for your enemies and those who persecute you and you love them. And then you see fruit from that. It's, it's, it's wild how laboring is, is you forget about it because of the, the joy of the Lord um, that comes into your life when you see transformation in people's lives and, and really more than anything. Yeah. More than anything you realize they, when they realize that they're loved, they're wildly loved. So, you know, it's like God, God allows it. So through, and it's, uh, kind of comical to me that there's two dudes talking about labor right now because neither right. one of us have ever labored. Um, but, but um, you know, when it when it comes to our faith, God like God gives us fruit from that labor so that we would find joy and continue to labor. Um, I mean, if if children were a nightmare, well, nobody would ever you know go go through that process of laboring anymore because you go through it once, and if if you don't receive that that gift, well, it makes it really hard to justify the labor, but suddenly the labor becomes 100% worth it. And to take it back to our faith, it becomes 100% worth the, the insults, the mockery or the, you know, lost income because you've chosen a different career <laughs> path or, you know, the hours and hours of studying and preparing. Um, I mean, to, to, to get to where you are or for, like for you guys to send out missionaries, there's a process. You can't just apply one day and then, okay, great. Blake's going to place you somewhere else. Like there's a training period that comes in, isn't there? That's correct. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's part of the laboring too, is the, the discipline of, you know, spiritual growth and the discipline of, um, you know, growing your faith. That's part of the labor but then it's almost like the labor's not over, even when you uh, when you go, because 
the workers are few and there aren't, there aren't a ton of workers. And so um, as we labor, it's going to be difficult, but God promises that he's going to give us the fruit. Um, hey, tell me what it is that Respect the Corners does, though. You've kind of kind of hinted around it, but like specifically, what is it you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are a uh, youth with a mission ministry. Youth with a mission is uh, the uh, one of the the largest uh, missional organizations uh, in training and sending missionaries in the world. Uh, they've been around for sixty years. The founders, Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, I actually live here in Kona, Hawaii, and uh, help lead this this base here. And they're unbelievable, faith filled. Um, 85 year olds with so much joy, so much excitement for what the Lord's doing in 18, 16, 15 year olds and, and also 85 year olds, you know, they just have the full spectrum and youth is, is a heart posture, not just an age anymore, you know, with the reality of, of the joy of the Lord. So it's really rad, but they, they started, uh, I believe it was in 19, 1960. And, uh, and what, what Lauren had a dream, uh, and on the dream, he saw the nations of the world and, there were waves hitting these nations and that every time the waves would hit, they would go further inland. And the Lord spoke to him in the dream that it was the youth uh, of around the world. And so back then, you know, you had to go through a much more strenuous process to become a missionary and through faith and through, you know, really walking out obedience to the word, Lord, Lauren pioneered a way for all of us to become international missionaries um, through organizations and through being able to be sent through YWAM. So we, um, I jumped into, my wife and I jumped into uh, Youth of a Mission in uh, early, early 2011, almost 10 years ago. And um, and we've been a part of it ever since. And about seven years ago, um, out here in Kona, Hawaii, the, uh, the World Championship Ironman happens every October. Um, and uh, I, I sat, I sat there, or excuse me, I stood there watching, uh, you know, 75, 80 year old women, men and women cross the finish line. And I looked down at my gut and, uh, <laughs> realized I was, in, <laughs> I was 28 or so. And, and I was in no place to even run a mile and a half, let alone even think I could do something uh, as awesome as a Ironman. And so I had, uh, I just had a couple of moments shift in my life and I started, you know, stepping into some fitness and a, a buddy of mine showed me, um, CrossFit and, and, uh, cross training, um, fitness models. And, and so I, my wife and I, we were leading at what was called the leadership track out here at, um, at the YWAM base. And I, I didn't have a, a great way to connect with, with guys. I'm not a coffee date type of guy. I'm like, get out, let's do something to build a fire or we could do a workout or we could, um, you know, play some golf, whatever it is. And I really enjoy connecting with other guys through activity and not just uh, sitting over coffee. I know there's guys that think differently. It's fine. But what I started doing was I started inviting guys over to my house to do workouts. And what started happening, the Lord really began to breathe on it. And and I had the joy of, of really starting to disciple dudes through using fitness and as an avenue to um, show them their spiritual parallel and because it's wild how like I, I would i there's days i'm i need to get up i need to do a workout and i need to uh you know try to beat this time or i need to try to lift this weight or i need to get out and go play some football or go play some pickup basketball whatever it is 
And I, you know, maybe hadn't gotten in my word in the word that day, or I hadn't prayed for anybody, or I hadn't blessed somebody with my words that day, or I haven't acknowledged the the beauty of my wife and the gift of my children. I haven't walked around my house with the joy of the Lord and stuff would begin to change where I realized like, man, I'd be so quick to get to these workouts and I wouldn't acknowledge the the process the Lord had done in my life to even get me to where I'm at through you know, my wife and I overcoming so much in marriage, you know, me, uh, you know, stepping into becoming a father, um, that has totally humbled me more than anything else. Marriage and, and parenting have humbled me more than anything mm-hmm. else. And, and I began to just walk with these dudes like, Hey, if you're coming to these workouts, it's awesome. But what we're going to start doing is before, before you come into this workout and you might think this is religious, I don't really care. You have to be in the word. You have to read the word and declare it over your life that day. You have to pray for somebody else. You have to intercede and just begin to tell them like, cause if the reality is if we start caring about our bodies more than our, our soul, um, our spirit and, and, you know, these different things, then we, therefore our relationship with the Lord, then we start neglecting unintentionally our relationship with the Lord. But then also what mm-hmm. the Lord did in that uh, was give us an, he gave us an opportunity to, start training up coaches. So I got my level one CrossFit uh, 2014. Uh, and we started running classes for the, the youth at the mission campus here uh, back then. Started with just guys classes and kept discipling. And then we realized uh, I went to a, a nation in the high Himalayas uh, right after I got my level one in 2014. And I started teaching these these four young men that, that didn't speak in English um, how to do a, a muscle up strict muscle up. Cause I just learned at my level <laughs> one, you know, and, and one of the guys got it. Uh, he, he nailed it and they all celebrated each other. They were all stoked. But my buddy, Andy and I, we were, we were getting on the plane and I looked at him and, uh, after we, the, I think it was two days later. And I said, dude, what if we start training up coaches and send them to these places? Cause this was an unreached nation as a closed nation. And he looked at me, he was like, I've been waiting for you to say something. It was like this moment, like he's such a visionary and I'm catching <laughs> up, you know. And what the Lord did is he started giving us vision and dreams of training up uh, functional fitness coaches to send all around the world using this avenue. And anyone, any of you that do CrossFit or any community type classes or even sports, you know, if you're a football coach or you're, you're a 17-year-old high school football player or 22-year-old collegiate football player or basketball, whatever it is. Everybody knows the most influential person, either negatively or positively, is that coach. That coach yes, it in is. any of the situations makes the call, makes the, the you know calls the next play being run, uh, gives everybody some cues of what to do. Call you know is yelling at the refs, you know whatever is fighting for his team. Uh, the reality is in, in CrossFit gyms, uh, those coaches have instant authority, instant influence in that class. And so we figured, man, this is this is basically uh, an opportunity to do church in these closed nations. This is an opportunity to gather people that don't know Jesus and disciple them, you know, before we even are thinking about conversion, even though we believe all men need to uh, all, all creation will confess the name of Jesus. And, and in order to encounter the father, the only way to that is through the son uh, and through the cross of being Jesus. And so, you know, although the, the conversion moment is is epic, you have an opportunity to disciple people before. Because when a, a man walks yeah. in purity or when a man walks in integrity or when a man honors his wife or when a man doesn't look uh, to the left or right and walks down the straight or narrow, it causes straight and narrow, it causes people to wonder what this guy does. 
what what is what's happened in this dude's life where I can look at his life and he's not checking out that girl that's that's a little bit inappropriately dressed for most most you know I, something I wouldn't want to see every day you know or ever and uh, and when they see me not look and me separated from that group of guys in that way not in pride but in hunger for more of Jesus hunger to honor my wife hunger to honor my four daughters and my two sons and a desire to spread the gospel in my own life and, and through integrity and character, even before I say anything, that actually transforms people's lives and it provokes them. So we started training up coaches and uh, we've sent out several coaches into um, different closed nations. We have several coaches on the mainland of the United States. We've got some uh, training and sending locations uh, in South Africa, working on one in Brazil right now in Berlin. And then we have a training and sending location up in the high Himalayas. I can't say the name of the nation out of uh, protection for those, those people there. But, but yeah, so we train coaches, they go in and they coach classes or individuals and uh, they start to disciple and we're seeing uh, a discipleship um, movement happen in fitness in these countries. Man, I love that. And you know, you, you said something that was really good there that you, you talked about these coaches have instant influence. And, and you know, the truth is if um, if getting people to believe in Jesus was just about like speaking the truth, then everybody would be saved, right? Because then let's just paste it on every internet website and stand on the street corner and and write verses on a, a poster board and then everybody would be saved because faith would just be logical, but faith is not logical. We're, we follow somebody when it comes to, but like oftentimes before we trust Jesus, we trust somebody else. Um, we see faith lived out in them. Um, you know, for, for you and the missionaries you guys are sending out, the people in these countries see your coaches first as influential, first as full of honor and character and respect for others. And then they begin to ask that question, um, why? What's the difference in your life? They have this instant respect factor, influence factor, but then your coaches have the chance to to twist, not twist that, to to flip that and help them see that their mm. their um, influence is driven by them being influenced by Jesus. Um, for you, like, why have you, you? You kind of mentioned a little bit before, but why did you? When it comes to sharing your faith, why did you go the fitness route? What was it for you, kind of from your past, that that drove you towards the fitness angle? Absolutely. Um, I believe. No, I don't believe. We. It's factual that sports is the most influential. Sports, entertainment, music um, are the most influential um, spheres in the world. So, so. I can go into almost any nation in the world and everybody knows who Cristiano Ronaldo is or Lionel Messi or yeah. Michael Jordan or LeBron James or you name the person. I can't go in those same nations and ask them if they know who George W. Bush is or um, Barack Obama. They, they won't know because uh, the, the influencers are the, the sport, the athletes and the entertainers. They all know Kanye. They all know uh, Travis Scott. They all know um, these these people, and uh, so these influencers of the world. And um, and so I played uh, I played football for I think it's eleven years, baseball for nine, basketball for eight or nine, and love sports, love competitive sports. I hate losing. 
um, which is, uh, you know, it's become more common since I started doing CrossFit six years. So losing has become more of a weekly, uh, I don't want to say daily because I feel like that just is unnecessary, but a weekly occurrence, which is really good and really humbling. Uh, and every, every person needs more humility. You'll never, you'll never stop yeah. needing more humility. And, um, and so the thing is that one of the things that the Lord did for me with fitness, I've, I've, I'm a major Oklahoma Sooner fan. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm a huge college football fan. Um, I really, really love, um, major league baseball. Um, just, just really love sports and world soccer. And so, um, the Lord, really brought this really clear to me uh, about four years ago. And he, he made it really clear to me that the reason that he gave me that fitness opportunity uh, using Avenue Fitness is because every athlete in the world needs fitness. Every athlete. There's not one athlete, whether you're a swimmer, a tennis player, a soccer player, a cricket player, or you name whatever it is, even, even um, archer archers have to have fitness. And yep. When you talk about reaching the world and we talk about discipling and multiplying coaches, we're talking about the potential of reaching not just fitness coaches, but um, Jorgen Klopp. He's the the manager for Liverpool, which is a Premier League uh, club out in England, a soccer team. And mm -hmm. he's a German guy and um, and he's a believer. And so this guy is has instantaneous influence into his 20 guys or so and really the whole organization uh in uh in, of liverpool and um and so when you think about the reality of multiplication the lord loves multiplication he's saying right here pray for laborers to go into the harvest think about the reality of every athlete getting a coach somehow some way or somebody that speaks into their life that loves sports but that at that 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 um, equalizer is fitness. So I can't go yeah. and play soccer with, with Lionel Messi. That's going to be stupid. I, he's not going to, he's not going to talk to me. He's going to think this is ridiculous. He's going to laugh at me. Uh, I wouldn't even put myself in that situation. <laughs> and, and, but the reality is, is he needs to, he needs to do a bunch of sit-ups. He needs to do a bunch of running. All of those things we, we could influence him with. We can, we can do next to him. And he can see our lives. This is for example. And so the Lord really made it clear that if we're believing for the, the influencers of the world and specifically in sports, um, which is my desire, which is a passion of mine, uh, fitness is one of the greatest. Because when you meet a football player, let's just use the example of uh, let's use the example of Lamar Jackson, who is the quarterback of Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. I think on the field is going to obliterate a lot of people. But in a moment of giving him a workout that you can potentially disciple humility into that guy, and he's already a, he's a fun dude. Everybody likes him. But imagine if the world just keeps seeing humility grow, keeps seeing encouragement grow, and he's already you know encouraging other people and stuff. Yeah, yes. Because somebody's discipling him in moments that that would bring humility, and fitness does that. Fitness humbles people. Doing workouts, functional fitness workouts. Um, humbles people. We're not going in to build our biceps or quads or pectoral muscles. We're going in to get more fit. And when you really want to get more fit, it takes you to the ground. And the reality yeah, is a bunch of people need to know that that's really what life is. When you want to overcome life and you want to overcome hard situation, 
situations, marriage. Guys and, and ladies, having teenagers is the wildest thing. And if you want to be a phenomenal father for a teenager, you've got to get low. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to get into a place of getting more like Christ because if a, a teenager won't respect some prideful, arrogant, never does anything wrong father, a teenager will respect and honor the father that gets low and washes their feet. The father that doesn't try to dis- defend everything that, that he's saying or doing. A father that, that mm-hmm. loves no matter what the situation is. And that's what this world needs is, is, is really coaches, male and female, um, of course, but they really need fathers as well. And that's a whole nother topic. And Lord knows I'm not trying to get into that right now, but humility um, comes through uh, us ha- uh, coming up to something hard and saying, like, man, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to try. And, mm. and even if you don't succeed at it, uh, you'll have another opportunity uh, because constantly varied is a uh, is a real thing, and it comes back around, you know, to test and uh, repeat and test and repeat. This 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 shows you where you've grown in your life. And, yeah. and the last thing I'll say with that is that's why that's why men need brothers. It's why women need women to speak into their lives. And it's not it's not pointing out wrongs. It's not you know you did this, you did that. It's encouragement. It's loving. It's, it's mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you've done this really awesome. You, you know, you are fighting to, to be generous. You're fighting to encourage people when you don't want to encourage someone that's better than you at thrusters, you know, for example, um, I hate those things. Yeah. But you need to be encouraged and you need to encourage the guy that's better than <laughs> thrusters than you are, because that actually, that actually gives you more opportunity in people's lives and, and therefore more opportunity into the harvest, the harvest it is does. your gym the, the the harvest field is your gym it's your workspace it's your business it's uh your school you teach at it's all of those things and people need us to to be workers into that that, that harvest field one it sounds like we need to have you back on the podcast to talk about parenting i'm ready to hear oh, more geez. about that um <laughs> we, sounds like you got a welfare or at least you have a lot of experience maybe that's what you've got a lot of uh because you have six kiddos right that's correct um, Hey, here's my question though. Like you're stretching us to think a little differently about faith and fitness. So instead of it just being a, okay, I pursue my faith on Sunday morning and go to church. And then I pursue my fitness at 6am on Monday morning when I go to the gym or when I go to the court or whatever, you're, you're really bringing together this kind of whole, uh, unified life that says, no, these yeah. are one, they're almost one in the same. Um, what's, tell us though. What's one thing we can do? So this idea of an integrated life um, between faith and fitness and that, I mean, you said, look, your workplace, your, the gym, the court, that is your mission field. I love that. And it's not, hey, your mission field is not Sunday morning between the hours of 9 and 10 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. Your mission field is every other 167 hours a week that you have and where God's mm-hmm. placed you. What's one way, like what's one thing you can encourage us to do um, to begin to better integrate our faith and our fitness? Yeah, bro. I, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. You know, there was this story in Acts when, when Paul was teaching and they said he kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. And this guy fell asleep and fell out of the window and Paul <laughs> yeah, runs out and, and lays on this guy, right? And he comes, he's just like, hey, he's all right. He's good. You know, and he comes back to life, but he, he, he was dead, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, so, but, but the Western world, I mean, you go into 
a persecuted church, whether it be uh, China or any other closed nation, <laughs> we're 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 so inconvenienced by by a little bit of longer worship, a little bit of longer prayer time. Wait, what do you mean pray for for you know people in the inner cities? Uh, w- this is our hour and fifteen minutes. You know that it's it's robbing you of the reality of what you could do on this earth. And when you when you have one of the things that we need to understand is it's a joy it's the joy it's it's it should be our joy to be the hands and the feet what what kind of god gives a privilege of being hands and feet his hands and feet he's he could do all of it but he gives it to us the opportunity to mm-hmm. us to go and transform the world and i just i would encourage everybody that if if we look at anything Oh man, I just, I, even just the way I grew up, you know, Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and, you know, the reality of being in the Bible Belt in Oklahoma. But man, if we, the, the reality is, if you read through Acts, and, and this, we've been reading through Acts as a community here in Hawaii, the discipleship of our children, the discipleship of others, and you read the discipleship, uh, you know, from Peter and John and, and the, uh, the whole church, it happened in the most, most random places. It happened around the dinner table, yes, it, it happened in fields. It didn't happen as church service. And no, it I, didn't happen in the temple. Yeah, I have to believe, too, that when they were waiting for whatever Jesus was promising for 40 days into Pentecost, that they weren't just sitting there falling asleep, that they were really pursuing, like, Lord, in a crying out for it. I don't know what it looked like, but it, it, it had to be a little bit wild, you know? And I, I really believe that the Lord is is in a moment of, this moment in time is is transforming the body of Christ, where we think outwardly, we think activated, we think generously, we think humbly, we think about pouring ourselves out. And not that we don't have moments of really, like I do workouts for multiple reasons, but one of them is so that I live on this earth longer to be there for my kids, my grandkids, and my great grandkids, and my wife. And then also to be able to trek Bibles into the high Himalayas. And then also to be able to go and work out next to really fit people and build relationship. And the Lord is he's longing for us to begin to look at our time being unto being his hands and feet. And so I would just say to everybody, if you're listening to this, don't don't look back on any of these situations and be filled with shame. Like, man, I haven't I haven't prayed for enough people. I haven't evangelized enough. I don't prophesy. I don't serve people. But change those things. Find out where you can change people's lives. Find out an inner city. If you're a white American, go into an inner city and find other Af- find African American believers that you can join forces with and serve the inner cities. Go and help educate these kids, and go and help and educate the kids in your own community. And let's let's really see the gospel be the unifying factor that the world is longing for right now. That the, that America is longing for right now, and it's not going to happen. Uh, at 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Sundays. In fact, no, your servers don't want to see you at your restaurants after that. Um, they're they're tired true. of you. I was a server for years, and I, I, I gave the middle finger to all Christians that came in on Sundays repetitively because it was, it was the most hypocritical lie. It, it was hypocritical, and, and God bless those people. And I don't mean for this to turn into something intense, but the Lord is wanting to transform. So go to church on Sundays. Go keep encouraging, you know, being a part of a congregation and go and believe for the Lord to move on those. So do that. 
and then go and be wildly generous throughout the rest of your week. Go and lay down your tip, life. Tip your waiters. Tip your waiter, right? Yeah. He didn't. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. He washed yes. the disciples' feet, and and he he loved the unlovable. He loved the leopard. The leper, not the leopard. He loves leopards. He loves leopards too. He loves leopards. But the leper, he loved the harlot. He loved the adulterous woman. He loved the Samaritans. And mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's a whole other message. I'm just passionate. And um, But yeah, bro. Uh, I heard two things there. That's great. I heard keep your eyes up, like be intentional when you are working out or when you're whatever, realizing that God's put you there for a purpose. And then I heard you say, do something that makes you uncomfortable. Whether that's, you know, if you're a white guy going to the inner cities, if you, you know, are in uh, suburbia America, choose to go to some place that's dangerous to live out the gospel um, there as well. And um, I I don't know if, let me me talk to the listeners. If that doesn't challenge you, then um, I think you're like the guy that Blake mentioned that Paul was teaching to that fell asleep and fell out the window and then he's reviving. It sounds like if that doesn't challenge you and stretch you, then uh, you need to rewind and listen to this interview again because uh, this is incredibly challenging and right in our face. Uh, Blake, this is so good. Hey, tell us really quickly, um, you've been with Flight now for a while. We've done a number of different things uh, with you. Uh, why have you stuck with Flight? What is it about uh, what we do, what we stand for that has caused you to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link arms with these guys? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I have never met Alex uh, personally face-to-face we've been on phone calls um quite a few times and and there's something that um that i really appreciate about this guy um is is the reality of his wild encouragement for the the gospel to spread and and flight being a a business and a platform for the gospel to spread and even helping fund the gospel to spread and and when you think about um that generous that um that willingness to start something unto the gospel spreading there's not a ton of people that do that and so when i first heard of alex and flight and that was the entire mission it it gave me an instant respect for what he's doing what flight's doing and it's made me a fan uh of the the movement uh that it's a part of with nutrition and um and supplements and so um honestly that's that's been the number one reason just really impressed with that character dynamic that integrity to to really be a part of the great commission matthew 28 that's good well i I think anybody listening would uh pretty easily realize why we've decided to partner with you and why we've been walking with you uh over the last few years uh it's incredible to hear your story and to hear how you are um so tightly integrating and living both faith and fitness out. Um, Thanks for the encouragement and challenge today, Blake. It's been great to have you on. Awesome, Ben. Thanks, bro. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the interview today. Look forward to our next interview. If you don't, if you haven't already subscribed, make sure you click subscribe uh, so you don't miss any of these. These are all so different and yet challenging at the same time. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Fit For More podcast. Make sure to visit us at flightsport.com and connect with us on all social media platforms at flightsport. That's F-L-Y-T-E-S-P-O-R-T. Looking forward to being with you again next episode.